Hello everyone, 안녕하세요. We are Sophie, Kayla, and Canel. Can you guess what topic we will be dealing with today? It is a thrilling yet not so well-known topic. The girls were really nice to offer to talk about a subject I am quite an expert in, since it takes place in a country I'm familiar with, and it belongs to the entertainment industry. You guessed it, this podcast is about K-pop. How could we present this captivating matter? Let's say I'll introduce the basics and the inside to you first, then Sophie will tell you about the timeline of the Hallyu or Korean wave. And finally, Kayla will make sense of all this by unveiling the consumer psychology behind K-pop's marketing strategy. Let's get to the point. What's K-pop in the first place? We could say it is a musical genre, but in fact K-pop artists make music that fall into various genres, depending on their concepts, which can even change from comeback to comeback. Some groups specialize in trap, some have blues influences, and some never settle on only one style. So K-pop is more of an umbrella term for popular music with lyrics sung both in Korean and in English. What also characterizes K-pop are amazingly synchronized dance performances. Indeed, there is a specific choreography designed for every title track. During promotion period and award shows, the idols not only sing their song, but they dance it too. So, what comes to mind when I evoke K-pop? Pretty young people with a lot of energy, bright smiles and shiny stage outfits, a catchy tune and a few recognizable dance steps. This is indeed pretty much what goes on in the spotlight. But we're only talking about music performance here. Why is it called a music industry? And how is that industry structured? I am proud to give you the insider point of view that is hidden from the showbiz perfect picture. Let's have a look at an idol career. K-pop idols are the public personalities we talked about just a minute ago. Those who put on a show. What does it take to become an idol? This is more sacrifices than you could imagine. In South Korea, culture is supported by the government, which helps this field to flourish. There are a lot of entertainment companies who sign various artists, such as actors, models, musicians, dancers, songwriters, singers, and rappers. Some big companies have a huge number of trainees, while some smaller and less famous labels struggle more. As in every industry, it is hard for new entrants or smaller businesses to make way. Back then there was what we call the big three, the three largest turnovers in the industry, generated by three crazy famous entertainment companies, JYP, YG and SM Entertainment. Talking about that, Big Hit Entertainment, an originally struggling tiny label, overthrew the big three in just a few years by introducing the boy group Bangkan Sunyandan also known as BTS on the international stage. Anyway, these corporates hold regular auditions in order to cast new talents and make them their trainees. They hire mostly teenagers, so that they are still young when their training is completed and their time to debut has come. Next step, let's say you are incredibly good looking and have an amazing potential. You passed the weekly audition, you are now hired. What now? You'll have an intensive training every day, with no certainty of debuting one day. Harsh start, right? Let me get into the modalities a bit more and you get a glimpse of why it gets called modern slavery. Training takes place from about maybe 8am to midnight or 2am. All this time is spent in the recording studio with vocal coaches, in the practice room with a choreographer and your fellow trainees, who are also on a very strict diet 
you sleep at a dormitory with other trainees of your company, and most of the time, no phones nor dating are allowed. As it is a highly competitive setting, if you break the rules, you're out in no time. To make sure you actually progress, there are monthly evaluations where only the best trainees get to remain trainees. In this battlefield, you can understand why those young people with flaming passion can form such strong bonds with their colleagues. Companies launch new girl groups, boy groups, bands, duo or solo artists on a regular basis. Well, that also depends on how well the previous artists are, go- are doing. There are also TV programs in which trainees compete to debut, such as Produce 101, which is, by the way, also held in China. When a trainee debuts, they sign a contract with their production company alongside their bandmates. These contracts are heavily unfavorable for artists and make the company, broadly speaking, almighty over the group's career. They can be 5, 10 or even 15 years contracts. This is at this point that idols enslave themselves. Even to idols who could debut, if the audience doesn't grow, lots of groups must face an early disbandment because they aren't profitable to their company. You understood. This is an industry filled with competitiveness and pressure. As in every show business industry, the suicide rate is high. Hopefully, some entertainment companies are known for their considerate artist management, such as JYP or Big Hit, offsetting the more off-limits management of SM, for example. And that's all for the inside of the industry. Next, let's see how this strictly structured model got more attention over the years. Green class intermission! In many Asian cultures, you address someone differently based on their age and gender. Let's learn how to address your relatives in Korea. If you're a boy and you're addressing an older girl, you call her Muna. If you're a boy and you're addressing an older boy, you call him Xiong. If you're a girl and you're addressing an older girl, you call her Onni. And if you're a girl and you're addressing an older boy, you call him Oppa. A more professional way to address your senior would be to call them Sanbei. To be more respectful, you can add Nim at the end of it. Sanbei Nim. Let's take an example. As I am a boy and my teammates are older girls, I can call them Nuna. Sophie Nuna, Kayla Nuna. It is a respectful way to address them, meaning I acknowledge that they are older than me, therefore have more experience. And that's it for the Korean class intermission. Now, I'm going to show you how did the Hallyu happen. If you do not know what this word means, no worries, I tell you in due time. But first, I'm going to explain where does K-pop comes from. To find out, you have to go back at the beginning of the 19th century, when he was one of the only one allowed to enter in Korea. An American missionary taught English popular songs to Korean people. This is the beginning point of the mix between Western music and Korean songs. However, those songs will be used by resistance fighters in 1910 against the Japanese occupation. Yum Shindan is considered as K-pop mother. Her recording of the song Praise to Death is published by the year of her death. In 1992, a new band born. This is Sotejin Boys. They started to use the MIDI technology. In case you do not know what MIDI is, it is the interface and protocol allowing musical instruments and software to communicate. 
they are the starting point of boy and girls bands. But sadly, they split up in 1996. One of the previous members of the band, Yan Han So, founded YG Entertainment. As you can see, since the start of the 90s, K-pop started to get known all around the world. It is part of the Hallyu. We call Hallyu the increased spread of South Korean culture. Asia was, of course, the first area touched. But then it extended everywhere. Hallyu does not only concern K-pop, but also cosmetics, dramas, fashion, technology, and so on. To sum up, it is the Korean soft power. Hallyu Wave, or Korean Wave, was coined by journalists from Beijing. The first time it came out in print was in 1999. Chinese journalists used the term while discussing the interest and popularity generated by the Korean pop culture and the country's culture in general. Now, we can go deeper in the whole Hallyu Wave timeline. South Korea was severely affected by the Asian financial crisis in 1997. It led to government and financial reforms in South Korea, Indonesia, Japan and Thailand. In South Korea, the government started to restrict Japanese cultural import to prevent financial outflow. It created a huge cultural void. The Ministry of Culture of South Korea started a mission to improve local culture by building a lift for local talents. South Korean universities created 300 departments for Korean culture. It had a big impact, mostly thanks to the production of Shiri. It is the country's hugest big-budget film produced locally. It was such a success that it generated more cash than Titanic. At the same time, K-dramas or Korean dramas were coming into the Chinese market, which started the Korean wave here. Korean dramas also became well-known in Japan, India and several other countries in Southeast Asia. The first TV drama that made a big impact was Winter Sonata. The story consists of a love triangle, but an accident happened and messes up the rest of the story. No worries, I won't tell you more, in case you'd like to watch it. K-pop followed the footsteps of K-dramas, winning attention and interest among overseas audience. The first performers outside South Korea were solo artists Boa and H.O.T., one of the first South Korean boys band. The biggest breakthrough started in 2005, with the start of the boys band such as Super Junior and SS501. The groups quickly rose to fame, resulting in huge fame bases in many parts of Asia. The advent of digital technologies, smartphones, video sharing sites and social media allowed the Hallyu wave to expand worldwide since 2010. At that time, the music exports of South Korean grew by 168%. It was around that time when interest in K-drama and K-pop grew in the West. It cannot be denied that the song and video of Sai's Gangnam Style contributed largely to the worldwide attention on K-pop. Although K-shows and K-pop music were not broadcast in the United States, fans got their Korean wave fix thanks largely to YouTube and several other video streaming sites. South Korean companies are quick to take advantage of the worldwide attention to the Hallyu wave, trying to broaden their markets. LG Electronics bought concerts by popular Korean performers all around the world. They hired the most popular Korean TV and movie personalities to endorse their product. The goal was an increase in awareness of their brand locally and internationally. In brief, the Hallyu wave touched the world step by step. As you could see, it slowly started to spread in Asia before becoming a worldwide phenomenon. Well, if we focus back on K-pop. 
we can see that people use regularly the expression first generation, second generation, and third generation when talking about bands. It can be interesting to see on which criteria are those bands classified. The main groups forming the first generation are HOT, SES, Finkel, etc. The second generation can be named as the one that propelled K-pop all over the world with the beginning of the internet. We can name Super Junior, as we said before, Big Bang, Girls' Generation, Shiny, etc. This generation is also related to the period when digital music was much more popular than physical albums or CDs. And finally, the third generation. This one includes the most popular bands of the moment. It can be characterized, first of all, by the number of bands. Indeed, the number of K-pop bands is reaching a peak at the moment. The other characteristic of this generation will be the active use of social networks such as Instagram, YouTube or Twitter. We can mention BTS, Red Velvet, Blackpink, Twice, EXO, etc. One of the main differences between these three generations will be the type of musical support. Indeed, the first will see its CD and album sales very high, the second will see low physical sales but will have a high digital sales, that is to say download. On the contrary. Finally, the third generation will see its physical and digital sales increase without any preference for a particular type of medium. Although these generations' limitations are not official, this is what Korean media used to qualify a band. Korean class intermission number two. We've learned how to address someone that is older than you or someone that is your senior. What about someone who is younger than you? Someone who is younger than you is your dongseng, but you usually don't add anything after the name when you address them. They are your ya dongseng if it's a girl, and nam dongseng if it's a boy. The youngest of a family or a group in general is called the magne. Tonun magne. I am the youngest. Tonun sofinawa heila nungae dongsengida. The literal translation would be, I am Kayla and Sophie's younger sibling. And that's it for the intermission about Korean honor effects. Here are some of the strategies that help popularize K-pop globally. So the first one is learn content and social media marketing. And pop stars in South Korea are dominantly present in prominent social media sites such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Their presence on these sites boosts their popularity. Gauging from the number of views of their music videos, the hashtags generated on Twitter, and the increased engagement rates on their video posts and photos. And K-pop artists have pages, accounts, and channels of their own on several social media sites and they are further supported by the websites of their label companies and other sites that matter. They also have regular features in various apps and forums such as OneHaoYu, Sunpai, uh, All K-pop and Reddit. And you can use this tip by creating social media channels of your own in order to reach your potential targets. And you should choose the channels that your target consumers use. Aside from posting relevant content, see to it that you have social media managers who can participate in discussions and post comments. And your social media managers should share, comment and like the posts of other people so that you can foster goodwill and good reputation for your company and your brand. 
So this the second tip is uh, share behind the scenes content, trailers and teasers. Korean pop stars share almost everything about their being performers and their lives. Most of them share videos when at home, during concert preparations backstage, uh, dance and singing practice sessions, while traveling and where when they're filming music videos, they post trailers and teasers of their upcoming albums, singles or shows. And doing these things makes them more relatable and giving clues and hints about their new activities makes fans giddy with anticipation. And um, using your channels on different social media sites to reveal things about your company and products is really useful. And you might want to let them know what a typical day in your office or your life is like, or how a product is made, or even what you do to launch a product. And another option is to have a, a chat or interview with some of your clients or loyal customers and ask them to share the benefits they gain from using your services or products. And you can use your teasers to make your target consumers anticipate new products or services from your company. So the third tip is build a unique cultural ecosystem. And did you know that K-pop has its own language? Do you understand bias, stan, uh, opa? And they have so much more words in, especially Stan Twitter. But aside from that, they borrow music, music genres, musical styles, and costumes from other cultures and adapt them for for their acts. And you can build your own cultural ecosystem by utilizing best practices and espousing diversity and developing a style that fits your organization or something that will become a signature of your product and teach it to your company or brand community. So the fourth tip is stoke the passion of your customers. And what keep K-pop stars alive are their passionate fans. And they are very important to the industry as they influence the fates and popularity of the Korean stars. And fans strongly identify with their idols. And they are, are like a part of themselves or their family. And they are protective of them with all their might. And they also save money to buy official merchandise, buy their idols' expensive gifts, or send them donations during their idols' events. They also send food cards, raise funds, and so on. And would you believe that Sehun, an EXO member, received some land in Scotland as their 24th birthday gift from their from its Chinese fans? And by virtue of land ownership, Sehun can be officially called Lord Sehun in Scotland at least. And they share milestone and anniversary with the adults. And their label companies put up plenty of fan events, which which help keep fans happy and stay loyal to stars they support. And fans also have surnames. Fans of BTS are called Army, for example. And you do not have to invent tags of or label, but it would be a good idea to know more about the members of your community on social media sites. And you should think about adding value to their support. And one thing you can also do is to build a closer relationship with them by having met meetups, discussion groups, and celebrating your milestones with your loyal customers. And you should also listen to what they want in a product and listen and res respond to your comments, sorry, requests, or and opinions. 
So the fifth tip is grow content creator. And in the K-pop industry, one thing that fuels fan bases is fan-made content. And you can find uh, fan websites all over the net where they post articles, um, videos, photos of their idols in various contexts. And some fans are able to post photos of their idols from childhood to the present, uh, share stories of ho how their idols started their journey to success, video clips of past and current performances, and more. And in South Korea, there, these things are encouraged instead of being considered as intellectual property infringement. And you can apply this tip by encouraging your customers to share your own content and let them know that they can create their own by basing them on your content and invite them to your events, encourage them to post their own coverage of your events and provide them incentives such as free products and services. And you can also network with influencers, individuals and media alike and give them chances to view or try your products before they are launched. So the sixth tip is concentrate on content marketing first. And in the current music industry, internet companies spend money to build their brands, um, which are idol groups, and they make use of everything possible to ensure that their stars uh, are always seen and heard. And once the groups are established, it is easier for, for them to make money from the popularity of their stars. They earn from concert ticket sales, album sales, and other idol-related merchandise, from caps to clothes, cushions, photo cards, cafes, and calendars, stickers, dolls, and so much more. And they can recap their investments from various product endorsements of their stable of K-pop acts can promote. And once your brand is stable and you have garnered a loyal following, you can monetize your brand's relationship with them by creating branded items, working with no non-competing products to produce co-branded items, or offer your loyal customers with um, pr premium products that cost slightly higher. So these are s just some of the techniques used by the K-pop industry to make money. You, can, you have to invest it to earn revenues later. And marketers can apply some of these K-pop marketing tips to optimize their sales. Now what do you think about this organization? Do you think this is a good marketing strategy? What is your opinion? Let us know in the comments. Thank you for your attention. Bye bye!